In March 2021, the Victorian Government implemented changes to the Residential Tenancies Act that made sure that rental properties remained safe for their occupiers, the renters. It's been two years now and some of the legislation required rental providers to do checks every two years. So the time is now to be compliant again. Today, we talk about how the real estate industry changed the way they did things and how to make sure your property is compliant. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your host is Sue Langda. Real Estate Right is a fantastic vehicle to connect to your potential clients. We attract real estate agents home buyers and sellers, renters and investors. If you're in an affiliated business that services the real estate industry, moving, conveyancing, cleaning, gardening or maintenance, you can advertise here on our podcast to bring more clients to your door. Contact Lisa on 5977-889 to find out more. Head of Property Partnerships, Megan Taylor, and Head of Property Management, Alicia Leckie, both from Longview Real Estate, are experts in property management, managing over 4,000 properties throughout Victoria. With a collective 38 years in property management, they come to us today with a bundle of energy to talk to us about property management compliance. Welcome, Megan and Alicia. How are you today? I am excellent, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. You, Alicia? Fabulous for a Thursday. That's great. Thanks so much for helping us with this podcast today. Now, we're actually talking about two years since the Residential Tenancy Act came in, and it's essentially time to get your gas and electricity compliance checked. When did most existing rental properties get their compliance checked? Was it before their initiation of the new Residential Tenancy Act or in the months after? Look, compliance isn't really a sexy topic in real estate, but smoke alarms were done prior to legislation changes and gas was always a recommendation, but not really a requirement and nor was it tracked. We've been organising the compliance for properties as the tenants change over for existing managements, working through them towards the deadline of March 2023. Sounds good. So why do we need to get our gas appliances and electricals checked? The, the reasoning um, I, we believe is that it's to avoid um, properties not being safe. They want it to be safe and in good condition for tenants to live in. It's about raising the standard for tenants and families living in these homes that are rental properties. Um, and it's really to avoid renters living in slum homes um, and that is safe for families and to avoid, um, you know, damage, personal damage and, you know, in some cases because of, you know, gas leaks and things, death, which is horrific. So that's the reasons behind it. Oh, good. What processes did most property management companies put in place to ensure there was a system that enabled the compliance of these checks? So was a new software introduced? Look, this is an interesting one, really. Some agencies outsourced this to their current service providers who already did the smoke alarms. Unfortunately, as we know now, didn't really turn out the way they wanted it to and the way they had hoped. So what we did at Longview, we reached out to our various suppliers to ensure that we had the most cost-effective offerings to our current owners, not just one company. Rather than give them one choice, we wanted to give them lots of choices. We didn't want to put all our eggs in one basket, which, as we turned out, was a great idea. We found that a few of those businesses actually went under 
or had their reputations damaged through that time because they could just couldn't keep up with the workload of this demand. So no system or recommendations were really put in place by the Victorian government, which left a lot of property managers scrambling to figure out what they had to do, when they had to do it, and how to do it best to ensure they were looking after their clients' needs. It was, wasn't really well thought about by the Victorian government, was it? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so, yeah, because really it needs to be a software solution, doesn't it? Software certainly helps because what it does is it takes out the human error um, from these types of checks. So software would help. Um, the problem is is the field work. The, you've got to have the, the trades go out there, do all the checks, book all that in, follow it, check it, make sure you've got all the systems tracking it. It is so much work and we were just told this is what you need to do and have it done within a, you know, a year or two. And um, I don't think anyone really... Even the trades who were doing it and put their hands up to do it, I don't think they even really fully understand what they were putting their hands up for. And now we actually have trades saying, I won't do that anymore because it is so much hard work. It's a shame, isn't it? Like, I know when the new pool barrier compliance came in, and that's another story, but Barsa Vic were organising something like 300 new pool barrier safety inspectors out there and obviously creating a new course, TAFE course to do it and all that sort of stuff, they probably should have done something like this for electricians and gas fitters prior to do similar work. I think so. I think there should have been um, a lot more, um, I guess, research um, and um just checking as to how how does this actually look you know it's a great it's a great idea they're trying to do it for the right reasons but practically it it has been really tough um, especially for a lot of smaller agencies that's where Longview is quite lucky because we've got a big team we can all work together and all contribute you know when you have many hands make light work Um, and I think you know where the especially the trades were caught out is that they just didn't quite understand the volume. You go out, yeah, we can do a check, but then what about the works that have to be done? And then what if the tenants are living in the property and we need to cut off the gas or completely rewire the house? How does that look? You know, there is so many, um, which is a typical answer for a property manager, which is it depends, (laughs) that it just really wasn't considered. And that's the thing. It also decommissions a whole heap of properties because they're not compliant. Therefore, you know, for instance, developers who want to sit on a house for two or three years don't really want to do any work to it because they know they're going to be, you know, putting it out to pasture. Um, They can't attract tenants and they can't make any income on their property while it's just sitting there. 100% that's correct. And I think one of the big issues is that in turn is then putting a lot of pressure on the PMs. And as we all know, and it's completely a different podcast now, but as we all know, PMs are running out of the industry in droves at the moment. It's really hard to get good PMs. So all the pressure that these compliance checks are putting on both the PMs plus the owners of the property and the trades, it's really taking its toll. It is hard to source. Yeah. (sighs) Anyway governments you can't you can't choose them properly well we try to but it doesn't work so Megan how are these processes streamlined to minimize the interruption of the renters time we try and um, organise a lot of the gas and electrical safety checks when a tenant moves out or when the property is vacant. Mm-hmm. It really helps minimise the disruption to a tenant if you can do the rectification works to the gas or the electrics when no one's living there it becomes really difficult once someone living in the property especially if major works need to occur so we try and get everything all sorted before the current tenant moves out or I guess get the um, every everyone lined up the trades lined up 
Then once the tenants move out, we get the inspections done and the rectification works before the new tenants move in. And that's usually, that's usually the ideal way to do it. Yeah. And the thing is, there's the ramifications of, okay, if a place needs to be rewired, that's pulling out plaster, that's, it's not just wiring, it's renovating. <laughs> It's true, and often our landlords, and rightly so, they want to get multiple quotes for this, which can take time. So if for whatever reason, if there was a tenant living in the property and the electrician had to cut off some of the wiring, they are waiting and there is a huge amount of pressure on the landlord to have those works done as quickly as possible and perhaps not do their due diligence and get the best trade to do that job for them at the right price that they can afford. So there is a lot of moving parts when there is a tenant in property. So it's always better to try and do it when it's vacant. Fair enough. So how long does it take for an electrician or gas plumber to do a check? Like if if you are needing to break up your work day and, and sit around and wait for these people as tenants do, um, will it take them an hour to do these things or, or a, bit, a little bit longer or less or what is it, how long is a piece of string? Look, it's our property manager's favourite thing to say, and that is, it depends. Um, And it really, and look, it really does. It depends on the style of the property. So a one-bedroom apartment will be completely different to a four-bedroom home. Depends if it's got gas and electrics. It depends on how old the wiring is and how old the property is. But it also depends on, once they do the compliance check, is there any further work that needs to be done in terms of compliance and making sure that property complies? You know, does the gas need to be cut off or capped off on an old gas space heater? Because that in turn turns into a hell of a lot of work sometimes. So usually trades like to say it's a couple of hours and they try and work as best they can around the renters if it is occupied. I believe that all properties must be checked by March 2023, which was last month. So now you're up to round two. How quick will those second uh, checks be done, assuming that everything was compliant after the first check slash the last two years? Well, now that all the properties have been checked and we've reached that deadline, essentially, now and they would have had recommendations from the trades, the owners, as to what had to be done and what they also recommend as best practice. So um, now we've got essentially, I guess, another two years to um, start. That's when we start that process again because it's every two years. So it had to be done initially by last month. uh, And now it's every two years you've got to have those checks done on the anniversary. So we just make sure that when the last time it was done, two years later, it gets booked in again. And then that's kind of the process and the flow from there every two years. If everything's in place... The checks should be quicker, shouldn't they? They shouldn't, yeah. Absolutely. Hopefully um, it should be quicker and all the rectification works should be carried out. So it is just a process of going through and making sure that everything is fine and that nothing new has creeped up. Sounds good. Now, Alicia, what happens if our smoke alarm battery was replaced within the last two years? Does it still need to be registered as checked if my smoke alarm battery was changed last October, it, it, everything else was checked, you know, say November the year before, um, do I still have to have somebody come in in two years' time to do my smoke alarm? Actually, the smoke alarms have to be checked every 12 months rather than every two years. So the gas and electrical compliance is every two years. 
The smoke alarms, though, is every 12 months. Just to make it really confusing for everyone involved here, um, we like to, you know, interrupt our renters and ensure that the property is, A, completely compliant, but obviously come through the property and make sure... um, yeah, there's, there's no issues moving forward. So we do, we do check these smoke alarms every 12 months just to make sure if the battery needs to re- be replaced or not. If there's been an electrical issue at the property, it could have drained the battery of that smoke alarm. And we just want to make sure that's compliant to avoid any you know, unnecessary issues there. So that would be ideal to do in a routine inspection, wouldn't it? 100%. If we can tee them up at the same time, it would be ideal. Sounds good. Now, what happens if any of the appliances that have been replaced within the last two years, do they still need to be checked again when there's the general check? Absolutely. Um, They form uh, part of the electrical and gas checks. So it's every two years that they do need to be checked. If they were replaced within that two-year period, you need to have the certificates provided from the trades to say these are brand new and they've been installed. But then they would need to still fall in and be checked with everything else. So I guess it would come down to a question of timing, you know, because you then check the gas and, you know, you check the new appliances two years after they were first installed, but then you've still got to check the electrics of the house, the gas heating and everything else. So you might as well book it all in at once and you know that the appliances are fine, but you've still got to check the electrics, gas and everything else. Fair enough. Well, we're going to have a small break and after the break, we will go into a couple of scenarios that may cause issues with the compliance checks, as well as some handy tips to be on top of your compliance. You're listening to Real Estate Right. I'm your host, Sue Langada, and I'm with the lovely Megan Taylor and Alicia Leckie from Longview Real Estate. We are talking about property management compliance checks two years into the Residential Tenancy Act changes. So, Alicia, what happens if your landlord or rental provider chooses not to be compliant? A property manager's favourite question at the moment. This thing is that If an owner chooses not to carry out the compliance checks, they actually will need to manage the property themselves. If the property is rented at the time and the tenants know the law, they actually can go to VCAT and under the RTA Act, they can actually force the owners to carry out those compliance checks. But if the property is vacant and the owner is going to re-let the property, they actually need to declare it in the disclosure statements to all new renters. Yes, so basically... The landlord or rental provider kind of needs to be watching his back. 100% they do. So I'm guessing there's a few fines if uh, they don't become compliant. Yes, um, there is. There's um, a lot of um, fines issued by uh, Consumer Affairs for non-compliance, but also for any type of negligence when it comes to a residential property. And all of these uh, fines vary in nature and they are all uh, put on the Consumer Affairs website so you can have a bit of a look and see how many thousands of dollars a landlord can be up for for not being compliant. So it's probably just easier to do the gas and electrical safety checks, really. (laughs) And I'm guessing it also is a bit of a reason why there's such a rental crisis at the moment too because there's so many vacant properties that can't be let out because they aren't compliant. 
Exactly right. And some landlords are just choosing to keep the property vacant or to even sell their property because the laws have changed so much and the regulations are so strict in terms of compliance now. Oh, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? (laughs) Okay. Now, we've done the right thing. We've got our gas heater checked. It was fine. A year and a half's gone by. Poor little Toto. (laughs) Um, has died from carbon monoxide poisoning between the checks. Now, are there any repercussions to, one, the landlord and or to the gas plumber who performed the original check um, for poor little Toto's life or, or grievances or anything like that? It's one of those things, and that's why you get the certification, Mm. to say that you've done everything you can to avoid this happening. Mm. This is also a really good reason to have landlord insurance, Mm. so that if poor little Toto dies, then, which is terrible, and it's something that we, that's the whole purpose of these checks, is to avoid accidental death. So really, it shouldn't happen if it has been signed off as a plumber, as compliant, and it's working fine. But if it does happen, that's where landlord insurance comes in. Landlord will have um, liability insurance for these types of things. And um, certainly I imagine that gas plumber would as well. But really it's something that, you know, you can say I've had the roof checked but the roof fell in and killed Toto too. Toto's having a bad time. But (laughs) if you've done everything you can to try and make the place safe, then it would just be put down, I believe, as accidental and it's up to the um, insurance company to probably deal with it. So, yeah, but it's a really tough – it's a tough thing because you you don't want that and that's what you're trying to avoid by having these checks done. So you probably just have to leave it in the hands of lawyers and legal parties and insurance and all those wonderful entities that know how to deal with this properly. Not your property manager. Your property manager is not a lawyer. <laughs> we don't know how to deal with it. This is not our area of expertise. I believe you kind of need to be a lawyer for some situations. Hmm. So as a rental provider, could your insurance be affected if the compliance checks aren't administrated by the due date? So, for instance, November 2021, because it came in in March 21, mm-hmm. um, and you couldn't get anyone in by till December 21 because everyone's flat chat, mm-hmm. and then 1st of December rocks up. It's already booked in for next week. House burns down because of an electrical fault. Could your insurance be affected if the compliance checks weren't done in time? Look, it would depend a lot on your, once again, this whole age-old thing of it depends, but it depends on your insurance policy, number one. Um, it would also depend on how negligent the PM was or the landlord was at the time. So did they try and get those checks done? Had it been booked in but the trade was completely overwhelmed? Or did the owner flat out say, I don't want it done? So I think a lot of those you know, would vary depending on the situation there. But as long as the owner was saying, yes, I'd like it done, let's book it in, the trade had been booked in from the PM, then it takes the owners off the PM and the owner. Okay. But again, it's watch this space. You have some hot tips. So what hot tips do you have to make it easier for the landlord? Um, as I mentioned um, earlier, the best way to – deal with the gas and electrical safety checks is do it when the property is vacant. So if you're looking at leasing out your home or um, you've got tenants that are moving out, organise the gas and electrical then. Um, It makes it a lot easier to do the rectification works. 
we've had properties where um, we've had gas electrical checks done when the tenant's living in the property and the gas plumber's cut off the gas. Of course, it's, you know, middle of winter, single mum at home with kids. We've got to hurl over there with a heater in the back of our car um, so that they can have heater until we can get the gas um, put back on again. It's so much work and if you don't get it right or if you don't have the resources to look after it, then landlord could be up for compensation because a tenant doesn't have access to um, yeah, well, to the appliances that they need to use in the house and that does fall under urgent repairs that you have to get done within 24 hours. So just save yourself so much heartache, stress and worry and do it when the property's vacant. That's a really simple hot tip. Oh, good. Now... I'm sure you've done a few of these already, but best case scenario, what is the average cost for these checks? Like do the gas plumbers and the uh, electricians have a standard kind of rate for these things? And then obviously if things need to be done, there's got to be – that's just standard work, isn't it? Yeah, look, great question. Um, I've seen a lot of owners burnt with this over a period of time now. There is no such thing as a standard cost as, you know, in many things. There's no such thing as a standard fee. However, I've seen some landlords pay, you know, $450 plus GST for both checks. But I've also seen some horror stories where owners have been charged up and over $1,000 for gas and electrical safety checks. And I don't know whether that would be, you know, the trade is just taking the owner for a ride or the agency is actually, you know, pocketing some of that as well. Um, to compensate for lower fees perhaps. But either way, I highly recommend for owners to really look into these these fees and shop around. If your agency is just offering you one choice um, in terms of these checks, then ask them what the other choices are because I'm sure um, there is always a better option. Just make sure that those checks are being done by a qualified trade, uh, that they are fully insured and that you are not being taken for a ride. So we're, so we're in a situation where... We've done the compliance check. Something needed to be fixed. Is there a second check to make sure that that's fixed or would that plumber slash electrician sign off on it saying that it's right? Yeah, so part of their job is that once they've – they won't give you a certificate of compliance until those works are done. So they'll send you a report saying this is what you need to do but then – They'll do those works and then they'll give you the certificate. The certificate is what you need to say, I've done this work. Mm-hmm. So you don't get that until the works are done by a, by a qualified trade. So who holds on to those certificates? So we actually file those certificates on our software program that we use. Um, it is part of compliance now that the agency hangs on to those certificates. We also get audited though on those as well. Same as we would for, you know, your minimum standards checklist and your disclosure statements. Agencies must hold on to those. Yeah. We do provide a copy of those to our owners as well so that they can see it is compliant. That's all a lot of paperwork. Digital work, pa- yeah, digital papers, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. It's a lot. Digital. It's a lot. It's a lot. So one of your top tips is about maximizing your routine inspections to include So one of the things we get our property managers to do at the routine inspections is actually check that the property meets minimum standards. Um, One thing we introduced over six months ago was a pre-vacating inspection. Now, a lot of agencies I know don't tend to do these. However, we found that it was a great opportunity once our renter gives their notice to vacate, three or four weeks before we advertise the property, 
we will go through the property and double check that it does meet the minimum standards and see if there is any work that needs to be done. So this is a great opportunity in that time frame there before your property becomes vacant you can arrange those gas and electrical safety checks so they can tie in nicely when the property becomes vacant, your renter has moved out, the owner or the trade has free access to the property then. We just ensure the power is left on so they can complete those checks in an adequate time frame. I think we've covered most of it, haven't we? Yeah? All good? Yeah? Cool? Well, thank you so much, ladies. We're, you've given both our landlords and tenant listeners some important tips. If any of our listeners want to get in touch with you to lease their properties through you or check out your rental list, how can they get in contact with you? Uh, the best way to get in contact with us is to give us a call. We always love having a chat. Um, and the phone number is one 931 784 You can also go on our website, which is nice and simple, longview.com.au. And we've got lots of great social media websites as well that we always try and put some tips and tricks and fun stories from the team. And that's Longview AU on Instagram and then Longview on Facebook. And we're on LinkedIn as well, which is great. So, yeah. Uh, we will have all your details on our social media as well as our show notes for this podcast. So thank you again, my Megan and Alicia. Thanks so much for that. That was great. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Real Estate Right is brought to you by Real Copyright, one of Melbourne's leading real estate copywriting services. This podcast is produced and written by me, Sue Langada, with the help of our social media expert, Jade Bomanis. We would like to thank Podbean for distributing this podcast, Zoom for the recording, Premium Beat for our theme music, and Francis Morello for our introduction. We would love for you to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean or on our website, realestateright.com.au. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Right. It's where buyers, sellers, renters and investors get their real estate right. Yeah.